Welcome to another edition of Packy Chat, episode number 26. Unbelievable, say it every month, 26 in. Uh, doing pretty good, I never thought we'd still be getting together and have enough stuff uh, about elephants to talk about. Um, but we do. As always, thanks, uh, appreciate everyone that listens, everyone that follows us, everyone that supports us on Patreon. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. Uh, Patreon.com backslash Packy Chat. Um, if you have some extra coin laying around, you want to support us, help us pay for our podcast space and our software and all that jazz, it's always appreciated. If you can't or don't want to, that's cool. Listen to us, share it, tell your friends, get everyone in the barn, tell everybody, the more the merrier. This month, we got together to discuss feet, foot care. It's a common topic that comes up. People write to us and want to talk more about foot care challenging to discuss foot care when you don't have an elephant in front of you but nonetheless we took some time to have this discussion hope it was worthwhile for everybody if you have ideas suggestions comments send us a email an email to packychatpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on facebook send me a message on facebook messenger uh, about a topic you'd like to hear us discuss Enough of me chatting for now. Let's uh, get into this week's chat. You know, obviously it's a big deal when you're talking about elephants, there's no question. And and I think that problems are, you know, require specialty solutions depending, you know, and each one's a little different. Um, I mean, there are some fundamentals for, you know, different things, but I think in general, uh, prophylactic, normal, foot care is is made to be a little bit more mysterious and complicated than it really is i think there's some sound techniques you know that that, that you that you learn um but it's also a challenging thing to talk about on an electronic device right i think it's a lot of it's got to be done you know you learn from someone um with you know depending on uh, i guess depending on your individual elephants but I mean, generally speaking, you, you learn from somebody and, uh, you know, you learn on the barn floor, not something that can be taught over Zoom or things like that. Um, just my opinion. Well, it, it just, it seems like, like I said, everything, a lot of people want to talk about feet, but I don't know what they want to talk about. Like, I, like, I mean, maybe that's to your point is that they want a black and white manual that says, this is how you take care of a foot and they're all a little bit different or at least i shouldn't say they're they're different the the basic maintenance is probably the same but the troublesome the problem spots are all a little bit different at least in how you're going to attack it and that is a challenge over over anything not even zoom it's a challenge in person if the elephant's not in front of you and i also think you know foot care is something that a lot of people it i think there's two camps to it there's one you said is it's kind of this um you know, prestige to, to finally get to work on feet. But in other places I've been to, everyone and their sister touches feet and hacks on them. And I think it's because it's something that, uh, they unlike training where you need to build a relationship and stuff with this animal to have this dialogue to train with foot care. If someone's training them, anybody can kind of get down and, and start trimming on them. Um, which might be why we get some of the problems we get. 
Yeah. I mean, nobody ever comes to you. They only come to you with problems. And I think that's the tough part, you know, like at PEM and stuff, people will be, Oh, let me show you these pictures. And like you said, unless you're right there, it's tough, but, but the same problem could be fixed. Well, three different problems could be fixed three different ways by three different people. You know what I mean? And I think that's the thing that's tricky about it. And it's tough. I mean, you might have the same elephant with three different problems that in the same nail and everything that you have to fix three different ways, you know? So there's such a, nuance to it um and foot care is foot care anybody can you know use a rasp and raise a nail and round it off and things like that that's uh, you know the art of it is when you do have a problem and you know diagnosing it and finding okay well where's the track or do i need to raise it or is it you know is it pushing to the side you know where where's the pressure on it where why is it doing that you know is, is it a cuticle issue is it you know a sweat gland issue you know what's the I think that's the toughest part for me personally is like trying to be like, like that, pro, that investigator and figure out like what, cause once you figure out what the problem is, most nails and things like that for me personally are pretty damn easy to fix. But a lot of times it lies in the, uh, you know, figuring out, you know, where the track is or where is it blowing out or why is this keep coming back? That's the tough part for me. The, the big thing that I have questions for you guys is, you know, we've had some of those pad lesions um, and those damn things just don't seem to want to go away no matter what you do, you know, open it up, put, put, uh, what's the black stuff they use, you know, the, yeah, the soul guard, people have tried that, like those kinds of things that that's a tricky one too, that people don't really talk about that much. We focus on the nails and stuff a lot, but um, we've had a couple elephants um, that have, that have those pad lesions and man, they're, I, I call them lesions, whether they're called that or not, who knows, right? But uh, but those are tr tough to get to get through. Um, but for me, it's about the diagnosis. Once you diagnose it and you figure out where the problem is, then I think you can fix it. But sometimes you just don't know what the hell's going on there, you know? Um, so it's tough to fix something that you don't know, you don't know the problem or the source, you know? Yeah, and the other thing is, is uh, I th also think that you can't underestimate a good, um, you know, good maintenance trims and, and, and sound foundations and, and technique when it comes to maintenance trims, because, you know, you can avoid preaching to the choir, I know, but you can avoid some problems through, through maintenance trims. I mean, even, even, um, you know, not just problems, you know, systematic problems, but also some trauma type things can be avoided if you have a neatly trimmed foot, you know, on a regular basis. So I, I think that's some of the stuff that's easier um, easier to teach fundamentals and then you know obviously we get into the uh the specifics of elephants with with problems you know those are the, the more the one-offs yeah this is kind of off base a little bit um off track a little bit but um you know the crazy thing for me is we had you know this, uh, elephants um at one location that was mostly sand right um and we had a lot of feathering of cuticles and things like that. And then we brought them to another location where it's mostly mud and uh, very wet environment. Um, and man, have those cuticles improved. <laughs> so I think uh, like uh, we don't do anything with cuticles with those animals that are at the, the, the wetter, muddier location. Um, so I think there's something to be, obviously we could talk about substrate um, because that has an, uh, a factor in it as well, but um it's interesting to me I, I would wonder 
because we had some feathering issues and stuff at, at the other pl other places I've worked at. Um, but again, it was mostly sand, you know, so it's it's been very eye opening to me just over the last few months to see elephants that are constantly in mud like they're they're and they're walking a lot, obviously. Right. But like they're we haven't done pad work really at all. It's just mainly nails. And then we don't do really anything with the cuticles. Um, I, I attribute it to the mud. So I think, too, we you know, let's look. I think people need to look at their substrates as well. Um, which we all do, you know, how much are they on concrete, you know, that kind of thing too. But uh, um, the mud works wonders. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, you know, I agree. We, we talk about, um, you know, it's hard to diagnose an issue or talk about from a picture, but I'm sure there's, you know, a certain genetic component to feed in and might be more prone to problems. But as you, you hit on, Nick, is that I think the environment um, has a bigger impact on some of the issues that, that they have worked in places before that um, if the, they're on a lot of wet substrate all the time, I see some, some more issues then, and it'd be very different. That same elephant lived in a different part of the country as in dry environment. And their, their, their feet can look extremely different, like you said, and depending on what place they are at. When we start talking about, you know, what, you, what would you do here, what would you do there? I think that it's good to, you know, address a problem, but also looking back at what could have caused that problem and see, you know, because we can fix a problem, but if we're going to be fixing the same problem over and over again, you know, uh, we also have to spend equal amount of time looking at why that might happen and whether we have to make changes in our facilities um, to, you know, to accommodate the things that we know are causing problems. You know, I, we installed some more, um, you know, made some changes to our mud wallows and we see the elephants are wallowing more. So I see them wallowing and digging and using their feet more often and it's changing the way their pads look. You know, so um, in some, some of our elephants, we don't have to do a whole lot of trimming on their pads because with all that digging stuff they're doing, it's almost like a maintenance trim they're doing by themselves. But before that, we were doing more work on them. Um, they just weren't digging as much walking the same amount, but they're being more like, lack of a better word, aggressive on their feet. I'm, I'm curious to know the elephants that are spending more time in the, the muddy environment versus the sand, you know, the ones that came from a more sandy environment to a muddy environment and they're, they're showing improvement. Do they spend much time not in it, like on a, in a barn or anything like that? Yeah, so obviously they're, the, the barn is sand um, mostly probably 85% sand. Um, so they're in there for, you know, while they're getting training and things like that during the day, right? So they're in there for probably an hour or two, um, if that. Um, and then the rest of the time, you know, 22 hours a day or whatever, they're out. But again, we also have, we have varying, you know, different elements, right? So they, they're not like in mud, like all the time, if that makes sense. But a lot of the tracks and it rains a lot here and, and things like that. So they have highlands that, where they hang out, where you, you know, give hay and things like that. But to get to the barn, a lot of them do have to get through a muddy area at some point. Um, so when they come in, all of their feet are covered in mud, you know? Um, again, I don't know if that's the answer or not, you know? Um, it's just, it was just very, it is night and day different. You know what I mean? Because um, we would have to do a lot of cuticle work with feathering and things like that. Um, and literally all their cuticles like look like they've been to the spa. You know what I mean? It's, it's really crazy. Even there was one specific elephant who 
everybody, oh, how are her cuticles? How are her cuticles? They literally look great and we haven't done anything. Um, so again, I think sometimes too, you know, um, yeah, I, I think substrate has a big part of it. And I'm like I said, I'm not saying mud's the answer for everybody, but I think uh, uh, a uh, just kind of a soft, you know, like a lot of people put, uh, you know, bag balm or, you know, Puflex or whatever on feet. And it's just a natural version of that, you know. Um, so, yeah. uh, one thing I was going to ask to the group, but you can go ahead, um, is how often uh, do you guys do maintenance trims? Because a lot of people probably wonder that the answer to that question. Yeah, so I'm going to just back up and then we'll go to the, the maintenance trim thing. Um, you know, I've seen, you know, definitely an improvement when elephants that grew up or lived the majority of their life on concrete, you know, old school stuff, chronic foot problems, you move them to even sand and you see a lot of improvement, like drastic improvement. The blowouts are much less frequent than they were prior elephant. And, and I guess if you look at wild, wild Asian feet are probably wet a lot. I mean, it's, they have rainy season and it's muddy. And every time I've been there, um, you know, you see footprints, big, thick, deep footprints stuck in the mud. So it makes sense. It's just, it's hard to comprehend that, that uh, a wet foot would, would be better. I mean, I understand wet on mud versus wet on concrete, but it's just, it's hard to grasp, to, you know, grasp your head around. The, uh, the picture, I sent to you the other day that animal is kept on sand you know what I mean but right. it was sand versus other surfaces you know so I think there's there's merit in just substrate in general I guess that's why I was saying that you know what I mean uh right and I, I think the I think the takeaway is that varied you know the varied substrate is probably the best thing for them yeah you know a combination of of different things which makes sense right yeah. Like uh, when you mentioned the, the a lot of wet conditions, do you guys come into problems with, um, you know, we know the elephants have tracks in their feet. So obviously areas in the tracks don't necessarily hit the ground very often and don't get anywhere. Do you find that being in a wet environment a lot, you start to see more of people describe it as thrushy material, black material or anything like that. You don't see any buildup in that um, if their feet are actually constantly wet or a good portion constantly wet yeah i mean i i again we're only six months into this experiment right so um it's tough because no but the answer to you is no right so um because that a lot of them at this point like i said we don't do a lot of because when i when i go for a when i look at a pad i'm just looking for those flaps you know the overgrowth and then we'll open that up and you know um like we all do right but a lot of them aren't even getting those flaps anymore. And I think that's not necessarily because of the, because of the mud or the sand or anything like that. I just think that they're, you know, we're doing these studies about how much the elephants are walking and some of them are walking like 22 kilometers a day. So I just think that they're walking a lot more, which is probably um, making those pads better. I should send you guys a picture tomorrow of some of them just so you can see, but um, so it's I think very... that it's part of that too, you know? Um, Good job. Really not trying to sound like a snob, so don't take it like that. But they're just walk. They just walk a lot, you know, as opposed to what they, you know, um, 
good job. A good job on the uh, good job on the kilometers. You may have to uh, interpret that for some of our listeners. You divide by one point six. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that? Um, do you see any of the um, wetness being an issue? I'm familiar with um, an elephant that uh, got very soft like an outer layer of the pad started to slough off, a younger elephant too, um, after uh, weeks of heavy rain, uh, just couldn't get out of, couldn't get away from being wet, wet feet. And when they were bathed and pressure washed, you would actually see like, like the real thin, like super thin layers of pad just start spraying off. Like if you rubbed your hand on it, it was like, it reminded me of like, um, like when you put rubber cement on your skin and you kind of rub your rub it off, you know, it kind of ball up. And um, I've seen stuff like that. And the only other thing for me is, is like cuticles, like I mentioned earlier, where they get um, some issues in the, or not cuticles, like inner digit. Um, it gets itchy and kind of raw. That's two or three elephants. Um, the inner digit thing is, uh, is a cyclical thing. The other one with the sloughing pads uh, was short-lived uh, uh, for a little bit and it cleared up in no time. So, but that's the only two things that I really can attribute to, to that. Now, granted, you know, years ago, I've seen elephants that had problems because the environment's wet, the barn is wet, they're not on concrete, or they're not on sand, they're on concrete. And um, I've seen a lot of foot issues. Uh, it's turned into more like a foot rot type of thing from just being always wet and, and going from wet substrate to wet concrete, swaying on concrete. And it was just one thing led to another. Um, thankfully, I think we're kind of away from a lot of that now. Now, when you mentioned uh, maintenance, you know, um, one of my facilities, you know, our kind of, um, you know, dogma or philosophy was once a month, they were going to get a, a trim. And no matter what, you're going to take a layer off. But I think that was a period of time too, where, you know, a flat foot was considered a good foot, you know, so we would take this layer off and it'd be, you know, a pretty thin layer, um, stimulate growth and you get a nice keep growing pad and a nice flat pad. Um, <clears throat> right now, the facility I work in our philosophy is not so much, you have to do it, you know, once a month, you have to take a layer off because we're not trying to go for that flat foot anymore. And as kind of alluded to, trying to take off those flaps along the ridges. Um, but I think that if, I know as if I, we want to do at least a, uh, we do a check our feet every day, but at least once, once a month, I think you should be looking at an elephant's foot with a, a knife in hand. And the amount you might have to do varies. You might have to do nothing. But I think, you know, for us, really our goal is that, you know, if it's if if nobody's really done or really any kind of work at all in a month, chances are in our facility with our current elephants, um, something should have been done by then. Um, so as a general guideline, you know, um, my one facility once a month really wasn't necessary because we're taking a whole pad, a whole layer of the pad off. It just wasn't necessary to do my, that much every single month. Now I find um, once a month we're, we're tinkering. Yeah, I think that's true for you know a lot of places now. That used to be the old, the old philosophy was you know kind of hacking a foot up and doing a big deal. And I remember 
uh, I believe it was, you know, Dr. Ellen um, at PEM when you're saying, you know, think about what it feels like when you buy a new pair of shoes and go walking in a new pair of shoes, it takes a while to break them in. And here we are every couple months, essentially giving elephants a new, a new shoe to walk on. Um, and, you know, it certainly makes sense. And I think the, the little bit more often is definitely the way to go. And I think to your point, you know, the more, if you look at them every day and pick at them a little bit every day, then the, the major trims aren't as necessary. The one thing I find that happens more often, especially with older elephants, is just overgrowth. Pads get thick and stuff like that. Elephants that don't move as much uh, anymore, pads just get overgrown. And that's something that you can pick at a little bit every day, but they're going to get thick. You know, next thing you know, you're going to realize how, how overgrown the pad is. You know, we um, kind of talked a little bit, as mentioned. Um, what's your opinions about topicals? For elephants' feet, you know, we talked about hoof flex, and I've heard copper talks and things like that. You know, I worked at a facility where I think when in a in a barn, when someone went to do footwork, they I called it the pharmacy that they would bring out in a in a little um, container, and it had um, probably six different topicals ranging from like apple cider vinegar to uh, tea tree oil, copper tox, um, you know, and, and this elephant would get all kinds of stuff. What are your thoughts about um, those topicals? Are they, are they worth it um, at all? Is there certain conditions that they've been effective or what's your experience? Well, I think, I think some of those things you mentioned, I mean, especially the copper tox has very specific use and I'm uh, caution overuse of that kind of stuff one because it's just nasty stuff and two i think it does have a specific purpose um other stuff i mean i don't know i don't think it can hurt but i don't know how much good it does i mean elephants feet are pretty tough right they're designed to be pretty tough and you know there's certain things emollients and things you can put on there but really i mean um i think proper trimming is probably the most important is, is the most important thing you can do to keep them sound. Um, I can't say I've never used them before, but not not my go-to thing. You know, again, something that was brought up at PM is, you know, here we are taking a, a foot and soaking it in water. If if we want to try to dry something out, is it right to, to soak it for however long, once a day, twice a day, whatever it is, and just make the whole foot more wet? I think you have to have a, uh, you know, that you have to have a focus and a, and a, and a goal and a purpose and what you're using and what you're using it for. I mean, there's definitely some places that do it as just part of their routine. And, and I guarantee you can ask some people why they do it and they might not be sure. Uh, and again, I, I don't think it does any harm, but some of these things can be expensive and you just, you know, pouring it on an elephant's foot and they walk away, you know, eventually go, go about their day. So I think, I think a lot of those things are, are, appropriate when there's a, a goal um just you know just like you know i don't know just putting it on for the heck of it i'm not sure is uh is is necessarily helpful and certainly if there's a specific problem that you're trying to deal with that's a different story but just as is in a normal part of uh healthy foot care i don't know that it's that necessary i i agree with that i think um i think there's a 
purpose, you know, use for all the things we talked about, but knowing what that is, you know, when the right time to use it um, or not is, is the key. Anybody obviously with a problem is going to use something, right? I think that's just how we, that's how we do things. Um, I, I tend to agree with what one of you guys said earlier as like the proper trimming could fix something as well, you know, but um, cause I've seen places use and myself as well, you know, use all kinds of ointments and topicals and, you know, putting stuff in the, you know, in the hole, um, and things like that to try to, to try to get rid of the problem. So, I mean, I think people do that and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think the thing is, is if you were to go to Washington state or to North Carolina and everywhere in between uses different stuff, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like one of those things you got to, you got to do what works best for you. Um, but I think the, the active trimming and really trying to diagnose the problem, that's what's really going to fix it. Not, not necessarily throwing an ointment on it or anything like that. Um, it's funny though, because when I first got in the elephant business, we were like, oh, it was African elephants at the time, but there was like, oh yeah, we just shave their pads once a year and we're done. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And how far we've come to like, oh, you should actively trim, you know, once a month or every six weeks. We do about every six to six weeks-ish. Um, but so it's funny how far we've come. Nice, nice evolution. But, you know, you got to do what works best for you because you know your elephants, you know the environment you're in and go from there. But uh, what I was going to say is a place I worked before is, you know, we had a lot of dry cuticles and stuff. So we, yeah, we put a lot of bag bombs and, and things like that on their cuticles, whether that helped or not, who knows, right? So yeah, it's kind of all over the map. And that's the weird thing because uh, nobody's really pinned down on like, oh yeah, this ointment's the one to go with because just don't know, you know. You know, I think that um, I, I agree with, um, you know, what was said before is that for normal maintenance stuff, I think that we're flushing resources down the, uh, down the drain, um, doing something just because we've been doing it for a long time. Like I think foot care is like every other aspect of, of elephant care. You know, you should always ask yourself, why are you doing this? You know, and if you're putting some supplement or something topical on the elephant, or you're, if you're cutting or trimming a certain way, you know, somebody asks you why you're doing that. If you can't answer their, that question, you should really um, maybe think about not doing that and try to educate ourselves about why we're, why we're doing this stuff. You know, when it comes to the topical thing, I worked at a facility before is that we would go through an experiment. We would put one foot with a topical and the other fun foot not with it and go for a period of time and see if we make a difference. Because when um, honestly, it, it's hard to break tradition when you don't really know if it doesn't work or not. Um, so a good way is just to do one foot, not the other and see if you see a difference. You don't see a difference and maybe you're flushing resources down the, down the drain. And I think it's a good point about, you know, depending on between Washington State and North Carolina and everyone in between doing it different. It's so true. And I wish there was a more focused approach that we knew what what worked like you know years ago there was that foot care conference and that book came out of it the the elephant's foot and it was a decent book it had some good articles in it, it had talked you know shared what different people did to have success about with with issues but still like i just don't think there's enough information to to know what the problem was what treatment was used and what what worked because i think um and again, climate is going to have some something to say with that. Uh, but man, it would sure make our lives easier and probably easier for the elephants if we really knew what 
what was working. And we know we know substrate locomotion and preventative maintenance is all helpful. But I mean, when the problems arise, what is the right thing to do? People hear something that works at a, at a conference uh, without knowing the whole history of it or, or seeing the history of the elephant, the history of the problem, what was what was other things were done to it that could have made it worse or could have made it better. And they hear that they did X, Y, and Z and they go back to their place next time they have a foot problem and do X, Y, and Z regardless if, if they should or not. Um, now let's talk a little bit about about tools. I think everybody's got their foot care cabinet, a little caddy that they carry around. I think even if there's a bunch of tools in there, people seem to, to grab the same ones all the time. And also coupled with that, um, what do you guys think about you know power tools? There's different manual tools and there's different power tools. Um, what do you guys think about your preferred tools and talk a little bit about manual versus power? You know, but I went last time I did, I mean, I'm a power tool guy. I use power tools when I'm not at work a lot, you know, so grinders and things like that. You know, I, I felt I had pretty good finesse with them. And I, I think they made, they made it easier for me to do stuff. And it doesn't mean, you know, because I bust out a power tool, I'm just shredding the foot up. I'd use it to, from knit, opening a crack to, you know, raising a nail to, to, to beveling a pad, like all with, an angle grinder because I, you, you know, I was comfortable using them a lot. Um, but that's, that's me. You know, I, th I see a lot of people reach for like the little exacto knives, the rounds and the triangles, and they, they do a great job getting, getting the job done because they're doing little things here and there with them. But, you know, as far as day-to-day -day stuff on feet, I really can't speak to it because I haven't touched one in a long time. Since I asked the question, I'll, I'll try to answer it as well. It's like, um, I think you hit the nail on the head. There's, um, a time and a place for lots of different tools. And, um, and you use the word finesse. I think that, you know, these tools um, can be very effective, but you need to have that finesse. You know, um, if, um, you know, a slip of a knife cause an issue um, that you need to, to fix and maybe address, a slip of a power tool may have more of an impact for that. You know, um, I don't have, um, much experience with it with the with the power tools at all um i think the main reason for that is that i don't have the finesse i don't have you know if i pick an angle grinder up i'm like looking at it to make sure that i don't get sparks in my face really as opposed to you know whether finesse or anything like that so i think you know you have to have a, a you know a certain amount of um you know confidence and and you know finesse to, uh, to use those tools. So for us, we don't use any power tools, um, which is by no means no testament of that. They're not a, uh, a tool that can be used, just that us as a team are not comfortable with those objects. It's funny, you know, like I think of uh, like a draw knife, you know, being an old school tool that's made to just take pretty aggressive passes off of a pad. And there's someone around here um, uh, a private private owner that I've seen use them on African feet and it's it's kind of uh it's masterful like how detailed and and you know precise he can use a draw knife to to get the work done it's something that that he was brought up using and uh, definitely has the touch to use it I would I wouldn't know the first thing to do with it and I'd probably you know mess it up definitely very very skilled in the right person's hand 
Yeah, and that I was going to say the same thing. I mean, you know, obviously, again, depends on the program, what you're comfortable with. I think that's a big word that you used was comfortability. And I think um, for me, it's about that. Cause like I've used the Swiss knives and the hoof knives and stuff like that, but I'm just not comfortable using them. Right. So um, I tend, if I'm going to do uh, I, I use power tools pretty much exclusively, <laughs> um, but I can also take off less than somebody would with a, with a Swiss knife. You know what I mean? So, cause I know exactly the angle and, and the pressure and like all of that. So, and, and, in a in a roundabout way for me personally, it's safer than if I was going to cut with a, with a Swiss knife or, or a hoof knife, you know? Um, so, but somebody else in the same barn could be masterful with that, you know? So I like the power tools just because it's, it's quicker. <laughs> if I must be honest, you know, I can do a whole foot. And like I said, it's mainly just nail at this point, but I can, even if I was going to do the pad, I could do the whole pad and the foot and everything in like 10 minutes, you know? So when you have a large volume of animals, it's just, it's quicker and you get, you can get more done. But again, it's a, it's a skill that you have to do. We, when I first started with that, um, when I was first showed, I did it on wood for about four months before I even tried it on an elephant. There goes my dog again, but uh, <laughs> did it for about four months on wood before I even tried it with an elephant. Cause I don't want to make that mistake, you know? You know, I think if you're going to use any tool, you need to be taught how to properly use it. Um, if it's a if it's a hoof knife, you need to learn how to sharpen it, and you know, take pride in what you do and your tool and and how you go about doing it. Because um, I think that's a big part of it too. Is just whatever tool you use, use it the correct way and use it the safe way. Thank you for once again listening to this edition of Packy Chat. Appreciate you taking the time to listen to us again. Packy Chat's all about just conversation. Take things you heard, uh, things that might work for you, and use them. That's great. Things you don't agree with, well, that's okay, too. We're not here to tell you there's one way to do it. We're just here to start conversation and have some thought. Once again, thanks a lot for listening to Packy Chat. We appreciate you listening. 